0: Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heart Blend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you're returning, then hello. I'm so excited and happy to have you here. Today, I'm going to be discussing with you ego death. So in this episode, I'm not necessarily focused on what others may Uh, discuss as ego death, such as taking psychedelics to completely wipe out your ego or anything like that. I'm really discussing how our ego dies in certain situations, in everyday situations, and what we're doing when we make decisions that go against our ego. And this will also explain why certain things feel painful to us as well. So in regards to ego death, as we know, our ego is really like our operating system, our identity, and anything that we identify with is essentially an attachment towards us. So this could be absolutely anything, anything that you feel that resonates with your identity is going to become an attachment towards you. This can be friends, this is family, this is what you do, your career, this is any objects or items that have a lot of symbolism or meaning or sentiment towards you. All of these things are part of your ego. They reconfirm who you are. So whenever we go through experiences such as a breakup or divorce, or anytime we lose a friend in a way that we're no longer friends, not that they passed away, but there's that break in a relationship. This is a part of an ego death. It's not our whole entire ego, not our whole entire existence, but it really depends on how much we made that other person a part of our identity. How much did we spend time with them? How much did we really put our trust into that other person? And how much did we really identify with that other person? How much did that other person identify back to us and reflect back to us who we are as a person, who we think we are as a person? So whenever we go through those breakups, whether it's a friendship or it's a relationship, that's why it feels so painful. Literally a part of our identity is now gone when those relationships end Not only do we lose that confirmation of having someone reflect back to us who we are, but we lose that role in that person's life. So whatever we did in that role, whether it was to be supportive, whether it was to be of a resource to them, whether it was to have fun, whatever experiences we had with that other person is now gone that's no longer a part of our identity anymore. So it hurts quite a bit. And depending on our attachment style, really your attachment style is honestly not, we call it attachment style because we're seeing the receiving end of it. But when you look at it from this point of view of paying attention to how the ego actually works, you'll realize the attachment style is just a defense mechanism for your ego what ways do you protect your own identity? That's all that that means. So if your attachment style is to be clingy, or is to be more needy, or to be more anxious whenever something is lost, that is the way you defend your ego or you protect your ego by trying to cling on to the things that you attach yourself with. If you're going to be more avoidant or dismissive, then that's how you protect your ego by just disconnecting from whatever it is that May be causing you that pain. If you're more secure, then that means you actually have less attachment to outside sources that are outside of yourself. So that's actually how that works. I know when we're looking at it from the other end and seeing how people react to other relationships, and we're saying, oh, they're super clingy or they're very avoidant, well, those are just their defense mechanisms to protect their own identity. So if we are very anxious, of course, that means we're not very strong within our ego by ourselves. So we need outside sources to try to validate who we are, right? So whenever we go through those breakups, that's why it feels so painful. It literally feels like you're dying or you feel depressed. You feel so upset or anxious or whatever you're feeling. Now, what happens when you break up with a person and you don't feel anything or you're like feeling relieved, right? Well, that's because before you got to the breakup, your ego, your identity had already started to change. So that person no longer confirmed who you were anyway. So you had already begun to disconnect yourself in that way because you changed something in your identity. You changed something in your role. So therefore, whenever that detachment happens or you move on or whatever the case may be, you've already healed in whatever it is that would dismantle your own identity. The same thing goes for our careers and the things that we do. So the things that we do is very, very important to us because it tells us more of who we are. So if you have a career or a job or something that you're very passionate about, if you put all of your energy into being this person that does a lot of work or contributes to your career quite often, and let's say you lose that career, you lose your job or you're fired or whatever, you're laid off, This can also have that effect on a person. They can feel like they don't even know who they are anymore because they have put so much of their time and energy and effort into being in this role. They've made this a part of their identity. So if they're no longer doing the job or career that they've done every single day that they've put their energy towards, they put their values in, they've really anchored themselves in this type of role and not only just the role of the job that they're doing but the role that they're playing amongst their coworkers amongst their employees or their teammates and that also can be a part of their identity as well so whenever you lose a job that is a part of an ego death a part of that identity is now dying so depending on how much you identify with the things you do is going to affect how you're feeling, right? It's going to affect your security and your identity. Children face ego deaths very often. Uh, This is why whenever their mother leaves, they feel so attached to her. They may have a temper tantrum or they may go crazy or When they're very attached to their toys or their belongings, they may feel that ego death as well whenever you take their toys away because they're very attached to their toys. They're very clingy to things. We're very clingy people in general, so let's just go ahead and own that we're all clingy, okay? (laughs) Whether you like to embrace that or not, we are some clingy people, some clingy creatures. Um, But yes, children face ego deaths quite often Um, especially the older that they get. They go through so many changes, their role that they play, the responsibilities that they have to take on as they get older. They're constantly changing portions of their identity on a regular basis. So this is why they're struggling so much sometimes, especially in their teen years, because that is the biggest catalyst for really anchoring in a part of your identity and really trying to figure out who you are at that point, figure out how do you really identify with this world. So they may go through some true tests and challenges with rebelling against what they know to just try to figure out that identity. Another way that that ego death happens is actual death with loss of family members, loss of pets. Loss of anyone that you really felt connected to, if they pass away, this is one of the most detrimental feelings of that ego death because we know that there's no coming back. It's final, it's over. That role is now completely gone. If we've lost a parent, even though we know that we've been their child, we no longer can fulfill that role any longer. If we've lost a child, we know that we're never going to fulfill the role of their parent any longer. And we put a lot, a lot of ourselves and our identity into our connections, our loved ones. We are communal people. We are family oriented most of the time. We're very tribal. Even if you're not very connected to your family, you may be more tribal with other groups of people. So if you lose a friend, it just depends. Sometimes we have these very strong rooted connections with people. And so if they pass away, it is our attachment to them, the role that we play and how we identify ourselves in their life and how we identify their role in our life. And once that is gone, we now lose a part of our ego with that. So that's why it hurts so bad. It's not necessarily because of what happened, but because of our attachment to it. When we have a strong level of empathy and we're able to still understand how that could feel, let's say it happens to someone else. Let's say someone you know, a friend loses a family member. They lose a grandmother or a grandfather or anyone close to them. You can put yourself in their shoes or try to understand. You may feel a little bit sad, especially if you met them or if you connected with them in some way, but it's not going to have the same heaviness as it would if it was a part of your own family. If you are raised around a big family and this is a part of your main community, how the environment that you're raised in, your support group, everything, if this was a part of your life then it feels really, really hurtful to lose a part of that identity. But it is a part of your ego, your identity that's dying with it. So it's all connected in that way. The same thing with pets. Okay, when we really, really love our pets, we're very attached to our pets and we do those same habits and actions with them every day, we see them every day, we play with them, we feed them, we have that role as their caregiver, right? If we lose a pet, that can be really hurtful as well if we're very, very attached to our pets. So sometimes I've met people in the past that have never had a pet, or maybe they're just not very attached to their animals, maybe in their ego and their identity, they just don't identify with their animals. They're not very tied to their animals. And so when they see someone else that is really distraught over losing a pet, they seem to be very uh, dismissive sometimes or judgmental or, well, it's not a child or, okay, get over it. But you can't judge a person based on their own attachment. That's their attachment. That's a part of their identity. So that's why it seems very um, insensitive whenever someone judges based on that. Or let's say someone's very elderly and they're like in their 90s or even 100 and they pass away. We all know that we embrace death. We can accept that a little bit more. But if that person was a huge attachment in someone's life, It's going to hurt them. A part of their identity is dying with that. Another way our ego dies is whenever we try to be intentional about changing something in our identity. So, whenever we start to shift and want to make changes, rather it is to be more financially secure and change our habits financially, rather it is to start exercising or being healthy, rather it is to just have a different outlook on life. It can be very difficult to transition that way, especially if we're so anchored in our old way of being, our old identity. Because what happens when you start to shift? The friends that were tied to the original ego and identity are no longer going to resonate with your new identity, right? They're not going to resonate. So you may lose friends well, boom, we just hit another ego death on top of the one we're already doing by actually changing a part of our identity. We're uncomfortable because we're doing something totally different. We feel completely insecure. Our identity feels unstable right now. So we don't feel very safe in what we're doing. And that's why it's so difficult for people to transition sometimes to a new type of identity, to new habits, to doing something differently, because they're so attached to their old identity, even if it doesn't serve them. So that's the thing. An ego is not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just an identity. It's just a system you are in full control of that system. So it requires your own willpower and your desire to want to be someone different that's going to pull you through that ego death. And you can look at it two ways. You can look at your own ego death as, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I don't know if I could do this. Oh my gosh. Like you might even experience some physical symptoms because your body's changing with this identity. So you might look at it as a bad thing, like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable and painful, or you might look at it as a rebirth not that you're just dying completely, but now you're rebirthing into the person that you want to be because your original ego, your old ego or identity has caused you so much pain. So that's another way that that ego dies. Another way that we don't realize our ego dies is whenever we have attached ourselves to an idea of who we want to be. We've invested a lot of our energy. We've begun to attach who we are to a certain type of person that we view ourselves to be. We have parts of ourselves that we really like, that we really resonate. And let's say we start doing something or we get stuck in this rut that does not support that new identity that we're wanting to become. That person we feel deep, deep inside. That is a feeling of ego death every single day that you're not being the correct identity that you want to be. So, whenever, let's say for instance, you're working this nine to five job, right? You're working this job, and in the beginning when you first did it, it really didn't bother you that much. You were happy to have a job, you're good to go. But let's say, you started getting a little glimpse of a new type of career that you really resonate with. You really attach yourself to that. You start learning more about it. You even start doing some things on the side, right? Now that's a part of, it's kind of growing a new identity, but let's say you're still working that nine to five job that you were doing before. That feels like death sometimes. Literally, it feels like you're dying. It feels like It is hard to get through that day. It feels uncomfortable. You feel really irritable. You feel very conflicted within yourself. Those egos are now fighting with each other. Your old ego and your new ego is fighting, right? It feels just so uncomfortable because it feels like that old ego is almost trying to kill the new ego when you just want to be that new person. But if you just pull through, push through, and focus, continue to focus on that new identity, and continue to attach yourself to that and contribute to that and add to that, eventually, you will transition and transform into that new ego and identity. There's also other types of ego deaths where one may completely try to kill off a certain portion about themselves that society sees as normal, right? So this could be something even a little deeper than, well, I want to progress in life. I want to achieve things. I want to just kind of be a new person or be the person I've been wanting to be for so long or a new personality. It's a little bit more than that. It can be as deep as changing your name As an ego death, literally just changing your name, changing your own identity legally. An ego death can look like wanting to change your gender. So your gender is a part of your identity. So wanting to change your gender, not wanting to identify with your original gender. Not wanting to identify with being human at all. So that goes even further down the path of ego death. So let's say you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't really resonate with this whole human experience. And I want to attach myself to being a mermaid. So then you will change your complete identity to being more of a mermaid, you'll start watching mermaid movies and learning more about mermaids and researching more about mermaids. And you'll really try to embrace this ego identity. So there's all of these different forms of ego deaths that people do. Uh, sometimes it's a physical ego death that they'll get plastic surgery or they'll change something in their physical nature that is assigning a new identity. So there's several, several, several forms of ego death. It just depends on how much of your ego are you wanting to change? Are you wanting to transition? your ego towards? How do you want people to identify you? How do you want people to perceive you? And how do you identify yourself? That's the most important thing, which I'm going to cover in the next episode is how to actually choose the correct ego that serves you. But we want to focus on that identity because your identity is your system and it controls your reality. It controls the way you view the world, the way the world views you, and it is your operating system outside of your soul. Another sign of ego death is going through traumatic experiences. Whenever something traumatic has happened to you that has permanently altered a part of your life, that is an ego death. You are no longer that person that you were before you went through that traumatic experience. So it all depends, it can vary in different levels, it can be where you just kill a tiny little portion of your identity, you just want to tweak a couple little things, or you can change a big thing about yourself, or it just depends. So did you learn a lot? I'm learning a lot, and by understanding this, it's really helping me to just really see life differently, right, to realize that we really are in the matrix, and we've created Collective egos, right? So we have the human collective ego that most majority of us identify with. And then we have our cultural egos that a lot of us identify with, depending on where you're from, your country, your culture. We identify with those types of cultural egos. And then we go a little bit smaller where we have ethnicity and race based egos that if you look a certain way, then that creates a certain type of identity for you. And then we go a little bit further down, then we have our gender egos. So if you're male, then this is your identity. If you're a female, this is your identity. And then we have our familial egos. So how you play the role that you play in your family and the identity you play with that. We have several ego. So they go from large to small, and then you have your own personality, your personality ego. Zodiac signs are also a part of your ego as well. And even though they are esoteric in theory, they are very ego based because it is focused on your personality traits So zodiac signs are also a part of your ego. So if you identify and you attach yourself very much to your zodiac sign, then that can really become a part of your identity. You can really anchor that into who you are based on those characteristics and traits that a lot of those zodiac signs carry as well. So several, several different types of egos and whenever you move, whenever you change, whenever you make a decision that does not align with that ego, you then kill a part of that identity. So those are all of the ways that ego deaths occur and they occur naturally. They occur all the time. We're meant to go through ego deaths all the time because it is meant for us to get closer and closer and closer to our spiritual self and to where we go through the final ego death, which is actually our whole existence of our body passes away. That's that final ego death because now you can't come back. You can't change anything, can't do anything differently. So it kind of starts from one end and it goes to the other, but that is how ego death works. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you learned a lot. Definitely stay tuned as I have much, much more to share. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartblend Podcast.